going on everybody this is Gus with the Dynasty Dads first episode y'all been asking for it so here it is a couple things have changed though Kevin is not going to be a mainstay like we had originally thought it's all right though he's going to drop by from time to time I have other guys lined up that would love to sit down and chat show must go on so here we are what I like to do after every season uh, is sit down and reflect on things that uh, that failed, strategies that failed, strategies that worked, uh, look at things that are changing, um, try to predict things going into next year, follow trends as far as value. Uh, I like to look over all, all my trades that I made, uh, see where I messed up, see where I hit big. Uh, it's just good to sit down and reflect on everything from the past year. Um, and with all that said, you know, this game, uh, you can make all the right trades, construct the best looking roster, start the right guys, and lose guys to injury. You can put up 200, opponent put up 201. So there's a lot, a lot of luck in this, as much as we all hate to admit it, but that's the reality. But doing this will help you uh, mitigate uh, some of the um, some of the wrongs that uh, can derail your season. Um, starting off with number ten, uh, going from last year to this year, the QB landscape has changed drastically. In my opinion, last year there was QBs everywhere. There was value everywhere throughout startups. You know, there was a bunch of top end guys. There was a bunch of guys that you were confident in. This year going into next year, it's going to be a lot different. Um, I think you have your top guys at the very top, you know, your Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, um, Hertz, Burrow, T-Law, Lamar, Watson, if you want to throw, throw those in there. And then I feel like there's a pretty, pretty big teardrop um, from those uh, down to the next set of guys, you know, where you have Fields, Kyler, Dak, to a Lance, Russ, um, even Carr and Cousins, you have you know a lot of question marks around those guys, and it, it's tough to build your team around uncertainty. Um, last year, I was trading out of the first all the time. It, it was easy. Uh, there was so much value everywhere that you could get a QB whenever. Now they just go so quickly, and then you're left with a bunch of question marks. It's hard to trade out of the first now for me. Uh, if I have one of those top picks, it's hard not to take one of those guys. I would love to have an Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, Burrow, T-Law. Uh, the package to trade out of that would have to be massive this year versus last year. I would do it just to pick up you know, a future first or more picks throughout the startup. But now I, I really need something that's going to blow my socks off to be able to move off of one of those guys. And even if you know your league, you know is you know a few years in already. Good luck trying to trade for those guys. You know, good luck trying to trade for Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, Burrow. Good luck. Uh, but I see all the other guys moved quite often because there's hope, and the question marks around them uh, cause their value to be slightly less. So you just have to call your shot on who you think is going to improve. Um, you know, do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to come back? Is he going to be with the Packers? Is he going to be traded? You know, who knows? Um, you got Carr, you know, that's that's going to play somewhere else. So you have to call your shot on do you think he's 
I don't I honestly don't think he's ever going to jump into that top tier. It's just not who he is, but he's a solid QB two for, for our dynasty team. Um Stafford, you know, you got guys like him where they had a horrible year. Uh, they were hurt a lot, they underperformed. Um, you know, guys like Kirk Cousins, he's he's a QB two for any dynasty team. It's hard to to count him out every year, he's done great. Um, then you got guys that you hope can take that leap, you know, like Mac Jones, uh, Tua, Lance, you know, if they can stay healthy at all. Uh, just just a bunch of question marks once you get outside those, you know, top, was it six or seven guys? Uh, so this year is basically, I would love to. Um, uh, if you can trade up back into the first and grab two of those guys, and you're set. But good luck doing it, though. It's going to be very difficult. Um, moving on uh, from QBs, uh, we have um, sometimes you know there's there's all these people out there that you know they they have their own rankings, they have their own you know consensus, you know where guys are supposed to go. But sometimes you just gotta go with your gut. You gotta you you gotta call your shots, and it's it's it'll burn you and it'll pay off. Um, you just gotta you just gotta s- stick with it. There were um, like uh, for example last year uh, when uh, the rumors were coming out about Watson, his, his suspension was only gonna be three months. Well, I traded Watson for Hertz and a twenty three first at that point. And it and it paid off. I won that league. Um, sometimes you just have to. You just have to. At the same time, you know, if I would have done something else like that, where I sent Ma- Matthew Stafford, or well, I traded for Matthew Stafford in a first instead of Hertz in a first, because they were going around the same, same area last year in startups, and it do- and it doesn't pay off. I, I lose, you know, all- on that year. I lose on that trade. Uh, another example, uh, I was pounding the table pretty hard. Me and Kevin were for Ramondre Stevenson. Um, you know, during startups at the beginning of last offseason, he was going, you know, 14th, 13th round in startups. And we were banging the table for him. You know, uh, and it ended up paying off where, you know, the hype the hype built uh, throughout the offseason. And he ended up going, I think, as high as like 7th, 8th round in startups, which... Uh, at that point, it was kind of kind of getting wild, but he ended up being an RB one this year, and it paid off. It pays to call your shots, you know, pre hype. Uh, if you can get in early on guys um, before they start to blow up, that's really where you capitalize on value in dynasty. Not too much more there. We can elaborate on going on the next one. I. I love this one now. This is this is something that I didn't do a whole lot last year. Uh, is hold your cards as long as possible, meaning hold your first round pick as long as you can. A lot of you know, last year I was trading my first all over the place. If if I had a, a, a good team, I would trade that first to make my team better. But doing that in the off season, doing that at the beginning of the season, you you really put yourself in a hole. Maybe you were the team that had, you know, Dak and Stafford and Aaron Rodgers QB, and you thought you were the shit going into the season. Well, how'd that turn out? 
you know, there's probably a good chance that you didn't make the playoffs. And if you traded your first before you know the season or the, or at right at the start of the season, then good shot that you traded it away in an early first round pick. And what what I'm doing for what I'm doing now going forward is um, hold your first round pick as long as possible until you know that you are a playoff team, and then move that pick because that pick is going to hold value no matter what. But if you trade it before the season and you know, the player that you traded for gets hurt, well, you just lost out on that player and the value of that pick to make a push for the playoffs. Or if your season doesn't go as planned, you have your first-round pick and you can do a soft rebuild or retool, however you want to call it, and you have your first to be able to control your, your rebuild. If you trade it away, then someone else is getting a top pick all because you wanted, you know, another player to make your team look good before the season. And I I did this a lot last year and I paid for it in quite a few places. But now I want to hold my first as long as I can unless it's a smash deal. I saw it multiple times where guys traded away their first in the startup and you know they they got to you know the start of the season and their team doesn't look as as good as they thought it it did you know a few few months back and now they're scrambling to try and get their first back and you know that that person that has your first sees the potential in that that first and good luck trying to get that first back overall in general if you hold your first you give your team so much more flexibility to to move throughout the season you know if you if you if you're seeing that you have a great team and you're gonna make the playoffs and you're like a top two top three team and you want to you know grab some players from a team that's not doing so well and make your team even better for a playoff push that's the way you should move first don't trade it before the season it'll bite you in the ass i've seen it i've seen it i've seen it happen to me it hurts. It sucks. You just gotta take it and roll with it in, into the next year, and uh, learn from it. Moving on to our next one, this kind of ties into go with your gut. But uh, number seven is uh, make your own rankings. This is important. Uh, I mean, if if you don't feel comfortable with how you evaluate players, then I totally get if you use someone else or someone else's rankings. I, I get it, but Drafting and trading based off off of consensus value is going to bite you in the ass and it's going to limit your upside on certain deals. Um, you know, if you make your own rankings and you have a guy valued significantly higher than where everyone else has him, then uh, he means more to you. Um, you can use your own rankings in trades, you can use your own rankings on uh, as far as when you do a, a startup draft or where you value guys um, versus consensus, and you can wait on guys that you really like because they they go later. Um, you can use it to win trades in your eyes where you get guys that you really like. It it basically puts how you perceive players on paper where you can look at it and see who you like versus uh, other players and it's it's a it's a very helpful tool when you're trying to build a roster trade and draft
one of my biggest, um, uh, I guess you say outliers, on where I had guys ranked last year um, in startups. Uh, I had Swift. I believe he was around RB9 or RB10 for me, and everyone else had him as a top three um, a halfback, and I just didn't believe. And I, I hadn't seen enough for me to put him that high, and sure enough, it paid off because uh, I ended up not having any shares of Swift because he was going way too high for me to draft him. Uh, so I ended up just drafting other guys that I liked and that I believed in. And then, obviously, I missed out on the horrible year that he had. Moving on to number six. This one's going to sound a little bit repetitive, but it's got some other layers to it that I think are very important. Uh, call your shots. I know it sounds a lot like, you know, go, go with your gut. It's basically the same thing. But call, what I mean is call your shots on, on offenses. Call your shots on teams that you think can take that next step um, and uh, in the form of stacks. I, I love stacks. I'm a big uh, advocate for stacks. I love them. My favorite one, honestly, is Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, which is the hardest one to get. Uh, they're both going in the first round of startups, so good luck trying to do it. But I love it for the the ceiling and the security of those cornerstone assets Joe Burrow's not going anywhere and neither is Chase they're going to be together for a very long time and that type of of base that you have with those two players will set you up to uh to build your roster um in a way that allows you to take shots in other places um they they give you a a nice uh, floor as well as a very nice ceiling. If you know they both hit in a week, they can win you the week by themselves. Obviously, you know that stack is very expensive, but you can look for other ones that are cheaper. You know, like uh, this past year, um, you know, I'm a Green Bay fan, and so I had a lot of uh, Christian Watson and uh, and. Because I'm a Green Bay fan, I also have a lot of Aaron Rodgers, which didn't do well this year. But um, uh, what could have been if uh, Watson was playing the whole year and was healthy? That stack between them, them two is a lot cheaper of a stack, and it it'll give you bigger boom weeks um, if you know if Aaron Rodgers ever goes back to MVP form. But calling your shots on, on offenses, uh, I, I had a, a startup this year where I drafted nothing but, uh, I think it was Eagles. I had I had Hurts, I had uh, A.J. Brown, I had Goddard, um, I had Sanders, and I ended up where I won the league because I bet on that offense so he- heavily. Uh, the downside is it can bite you in the ass if you invested in like the Green Bay Packers this year, um, which I, uh, I had that happen in a few leagues, and it sucks, but that's... That's how you win in fantasy. That's how you win in dynasty. You you get behind the boom before it happens. So with that being said, take a look at at young young teams, young stacks that you could buy in now for cheap. Like um, if the Falcons somehow get a uh, a uh, QB of note then buy in on that stack early if you believe in Drake London and also the QB. Another one uh, that's probably going to be pretty popular this year is going to be 
whichever QB the Colts take and Michael Pittman. I feel like that's going to be a cheaper end stack that could have huge upside. And if you get in before they blow up, you'll have a value. The problem is sometimes you miss on on what stacks explode. But you have to hit on some big stacks, some big players. Uh, the only way you win is if players gain value. Because if you draft your whole team at peak value, you're going to be a middle-of-the-pack team. You have to shoot for upside. And if that upside hits, you win the league. Moving on to number five. This is how I like to rebuild. You know, if you have a season that's not going well, um, if, you know, you drafted, you know, Carr, Rodgers, and Stafford, uh, more likely you were eat, eating shit the whole year. Um, and sometimes that happens. Sometimes it just goes the opposite direction. Um, if, you're, if your team consists of a majority of win-now assets and for, and for some reason things just don't go your way, and you're already out of the playoffs by week like eight or nine, look to move your older assets or ones you don't believe in long-term uh, where they could gain value again, then flip them to a, a contender for young studs that you believe in or rookie picks altogether. Um, the, the goal is to try to get younger and retool and bet on guys that you like. The other route is doing it straight from the startup draft. You know, you want to draft a productive struggle from the startup, trade back as much as you can, and draft wide receivers, QBs, and, and stud tight ends at value. Don't reach on guys. Trade back as much as you can. And this is a big one. Don't invest in running back unless it's a sure thing. They have the talent, the contract, the youth, as well as the team that's, that's going to use them uh, as a as a bell cow. No, I mean one of the big guys right now that I'm really interested in is Najee Harris because of how the team likes to use halfbacks. He's young. He's got the he's got the contract, and that's how they're gonna. Use. So his job is one of the safest jobs. So if you're if you're drafting right now, he's one of the guys that I'm looking at because of how safe his position is. And when you do this startup. You're shooting for guys that um, that can gain value. Uh, you draft guys that you believe in that could jump in value, because when they do, that's how you you have a a lot better team going forward. You draft guys, you know, later rounds, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth round, and then next year they're going in the second, third round. That's how you get better. Moving on to number four, this one. Uh, this one uh, uh, really plays in right before the season starts, and it's by your rookies you believe in right before the season. Once they produce, good luck trying to get them. Um, you know, you had guys like uh, Wilson and London still being traded for just a first round round pick or, or even less uh, right before the season. It doesn't make any sense. Now you have those same guys like Gary Wilson. He's going in the third round of startups. Drake London's going in the fourth. Brees Hall in the second, and they they pretty much become untouchable once they uh, actually start to perform. So if you go through the whole offseason, you know, you, you did your draft back in, you know, uh, May or whatever, or, or right after the draft, 
um, for the rookies. Uh, and, you know, guys have kind of calmed down on, on values and there's no hype out of, out of camp or they didn't do anything in the preseason. Go trade for the guys that you believe in. Uh, if you go trade for them, you know, uh, right before the season, then they blow up a week one, then you just, you just gained value there. Go buy them right before the season. There's no hype in preseason. There's no hype in the offseason. They're still going to be worth the same that they were whenever they were drafted, if not even less. So go buy the guys that you believe in. Um, like I went and bought Drake London in quite a, quite a few places. I went and bought Garrett Wilson in quite a few places. And same with Christian Watson because those were guys that I, I believed in. And I got them for pretty cheap compared to what they're going for now. And it's because once they actually produce, that's when their value starts to skyrocket. And good luck trying to to get them without overpaying. Moving on to number three. This one's pretty big for me. This one I like a lot. Reflect on moves and trades after the season. If you're like me, you make a lot of trades. Take the time to go back and look at all of them. And uh, go over the, uh, go over what you did throughout the season to see where you hit, who you hit on, what you missed, and learn why you lost out on that trade or why that lost value. Was it injury? Was the player lost their starting role? Or the market share of their touches dipped? Did players uh, get worse? Did they get older? Learn from your mistakes so you won't make the same ones again. Example, uh, in a startup um uh, last year, I traded uh, two startup picks for a first-round pick. Those two startup picks turned into Rojo and Trubisky. Not a smart move by that other owner. Um, th- there was hope at the time uh, with Trubisky and same with Rojo. But if you looked you know, deeper, he was always going to be a, a bridge QB for the Steelers since they drafted um the uh the rookie and then you look at rojo like there was no there was no capital really invested in him he was never going to be the leading guy but if you capitalize on the hope that people had i i got a first round pick for free so you look at you know why why you won that trade or why you lost out and you can you know try to make better trades off of it you can know who to trade for when to trade for them don't just trade on blind hope uh that'll that'll get you go look and see who you dropped who you picked up uh how much fab you spent did it work out one one of my biggest misses uh when matt ryan got benched and the colts named uh, sam ellinger or how the fuck you say his name, as a starter for the rest of the year, uh, I, I wasn't alone on this. There was quite a few people that went and dumped every bit of fab they had on him, and it was a waste. But you end up taking the shot. You know, Maybe you have a starting QB that you just got, got from waivers, and if he you know, did the Brock Purdy you know, routes, then he'd be totally worth it, but... But that didn't pan out. So just look over what you did from the year and where you ended up. Were were you better at trades than than you were bad at them? Did did you win more than you lost? Uh, 
did, did you trade to gain value on your team, which helped you win, or did you trade for older assets, and now your team's worse? So just just look over what you did throughout the year and learn from it. Moving on to number two, this one. This one is kind of like playing the stock market. You got to know when, uh, when to flip players, uh, look at their profiles and trends for that type of player, uh, and trade at the right time, trade away, or trade for. Like um, this uh, past year, uh, the halfback for the Texans, Pierce, uh, he, he was a late-round uh, draft pick. There was no, no to draft capital that was worth anything that that was invested in him uh he could easily be replaced and there was a, a point in the season where you could trade him and get a first round pick and i did that in multiple places and uh everywhere i could and now you you look at him and he's he's not exactly you know worth that anymore i don't think anyone's going to send a first for him so you know it's if you look at the treatment that James Robinson got and Philip Lindsay. Uh, well, no, once once these halfbacks break out that don't have any draft capital, draft capital, and can be traded away easily by their team or replaced, get what you can for them. Uh, a, a another guy that um, I've i flipped this year. Uh, it was a guy that I was uh, dra- drafting a lot of this past year, and it's Ramondre Stevenson. When he was going in the you know twelfth round, I was buying him up, but now he's going in like the fifth, the sixth, and I don't I don't believe he can go any higher. So at this point, I've been trading him pretty much everywhere because I believe he's at his peaks, at his peak, and. A lot of guys that they know me, they, they know that I trade halfbacks at their peak value because uh, the the cliff isn't far uh, far away. There are people that still believe in him going forward, and, and I believe he'll be fine this year as well. But he's he was a fourth round halfback, I believe, and um, that there, there's nothing that's going to make the team say that they have to keep them as the bell cow i'm sure that they're gonna draft someone uh, this uh uh this offseason uh even if they let uh harris walk from the team they're still gonna uh, bring in someone else i don't believe he's a long-term stud i think this is a a one to two year boom and you need to capitalize while you can and that's gonna piss some people off because they love him, and hell, I, I did too before the season. I, I saw, I saw it coming, and um, so, so, so did a few other people. And now uh, I'm turning on those people, and now it's time to sell them. Just because he doesn't have a lot of team in investment on him, and the history of the Patriots is they'll use anybody at a halfback. He just got the opportunity, and it paid off. Basically, be ahead of the curve and sell, sell at a player's peak before everything comes crashing down. The same for players you believe in. I was a huge fan of Watson uh, for the Packers uh, before the season. I bought, a, I bought a lot of them, and now that he's blown up, you know, I, I hit on, on that investment, and I see him as a long-term 
a high value wide receiver. Before the season last year, you could easily trade for him. Now you're paying a pretty penny for him. Uh, right now he's going in the fourth and fifth round of startups, and I think that is a great value, and I've been taking him everywhere that I can, at, even at that price, because I believe he could jump even two or three more rounds. Now, on the flip side of that, there are there is, of course, guys that um, you sell uh, at their peak, like um, last year, uh, I think everyone now agrees that it was ridiculous that JT was going uh, top seven in, in startups. He, he was going in the first round ahead of, you know, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and some other high-end uh, QBs. And now now we look back and see that it was just silly because he was at his peak. And for him to maintain that value, he would have to be he he would have to do what he did the the previous year all over again and and maintain that for multiple years to maintain his value and for a running back I just don't see that happening he is a great halfback where he's going now in the second and, and third round is about what where he should be going um it's right below his peak obviously of where he was last year but he's still a great halfback he's got the he's got the team investment uh, he's a great player, you know. It's just the guys that that don't have the draft capital. We see it time and time again. They get thrown out, you know, a- after a year or two, and they go from being worth, you know, a lot, and then they fall off a cliff, and then they're nothing. And this brings us to number one, my favorite one. I was banging the table for this last year, uh, back when. JT was going in the first round, and it stopped investing in RBs at their peak value, meaning stop drafting them in the top three rounds. They almost always lose value. From 2022 to 2023 startups, all halfbacks lost value besides two halfbacks. One was Brees Hall, who was going early to mid-third, and it's still in that range. Granted, he probably would have been going a lot higher if he didn't get hurt. With that said, he wasn't being drafted at his peak value and still has room to climb. And the other one was Kenneth, Kenneth Walker. Uh, he was the other halfback that didn't lose value. It's because he was going in the fifth and sixth round uh, in 2022. Now he's going in the third. Again, because he wasn't being drafted at his peak value uh, in the sixth. So he had room to grow. His, his peak is mid to early second, so he still has a decent value. Um... Uh, left to where uh, he can grow from where he's being currently drafted. On the flip side, all the guys that were taken in the top two to three, la- two three rounds last year, you know, you had JT, Najee, Swift, Javante, Akers, Dobbins, and even a- Antonio Gibson at one point was going in that range. They all lost value. The value picks came in the fourth through tenth that could easily gain value. You know, Josh Jacobs, Etienne, Saquon, and even Stevenson. The quote uh, zero RB strat in Dynasty is now starting to make more and more sense from a risks a risk to value standpoint. You take the safer cornerstone assets in the first three to four rounds in QBs, wide receivers, and stud tight ends, guys that you know that will hold value for a lot longer. That will have longer careers because we've seen it time and time again where guys will. Uh, will uh, will blow up at halfback, 
and then you know they'll pull a Todd Gurley and be worth nothing. Uh, you you rarely see that with QBs and wide receivers. If you can get in on a young stud wide receiver early and have you know six, seven, eight years of him being you know a top ten wide receiver or just a wide receiver one in general, then that is a much better investment than taking a halfback in the first you know, three to four rounds. Um, where they could easily lose value, you know, they tear an ACL, which it happens at this position more than a- any of them. And everyone knows it. Every year that they get older, they, they lose value. As soon as you see guys hitting 25, 26, people start to label them as old. You've got the young guys now where they, uh, where, where they're worth, you know, the, the second and third round value where they're going to a a majority of uh, users and managers and i still think that's way too high for guys i mean right now um you got jt Bijan, even cmc that are still going in the second and third round yeah yeah they're great players but it doesn't take much for them to lose value you look at guys like uh, naji he was going back into the first last year and now he's going in the fifth round. You know, guys like Swift dropped from from the second uh, round all the way down to you know the fifth, sixth round. Uh, even Javante, Acres, and Dobbins, like <laughs> a few of those guys, have dropped quite a ways. Um, you got um, you got Acres that's not even not even close to where he was last year. He was going in the second and third round. Now he's pushing the eighth and ninth round. It's just a horrible investment overall to draft halfbacks early. I, uh, I've, I've been preaching it for the past year, and it's going to be my draft strategy going forward. I'm going to be taking my QBs, my wide receivers, and my tight ends early. And that's going to be about it for our first episode. Um, it's not perfect. It's not pretty. I'm a blue-collar worker, and I'm just trying to make content for the community that I love. Um, try to give some of my insight on uh, stuff that works for me. Uh, I'm excited to make some more uh, content for y'all. I'm excited to uh, have people on to talk with and discuss other other uh, strategies, other players. Um, this is this is the start of something that I think will will uh, will go far. And I think that sums everything up for the first episode of the Dynasty Dads. Um, let me know what what y'all think. Uh, everyone here, they, they uh, y'all know how to reach me. So just. Um, Feel free. Feel free. Thanks, everyone, for making it to the very end. I know it was probably hard to get through, but uh, we're all going to (laughs) learn. Thanks, everybody.